Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, He offers you Himself, His own life. He wants to live His life with you, in you, and through you as you trust Him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope. ones. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Our Resolute Hope podcast. I don't know when this will air, but if it's still before Christmas, Merry Christmas. If it's after, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. And my name is John Russin. I serve as the host, for lack of a better term. And I'm here with the real brains of the operation, Pastor Frank Friedman. It's good to hear your voice, my friend. It's good to hear yours. And John, it's just such a blessing to my heart to talk about this issue of forgiveness. And we started last week with what forgiveness is not. There are a lot of lies out there that are keeping people in bondage. And I'm so thankful to God that we get an opportunity, as Paul told teachers, reprove and correct and let's present sound doctrine because truth sets people free but lies will keep people in bondage. And I don't mean that arrogantly, John. I just know in my own life, I had a lot of those lies about forgiveness and I was kept in bondage until the scriptures were illumined in my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit and freedom came. So this is a wonderful podcast. Thank you for putting it together. What forgiveness is not. By that title, Frank, we're saying that there are a lot of phony forgivenesses out there, things that masquerade as forgiveness, lies about forgiveness. And of course, as we talked about last time, there's a reason that there are so many counterfeits for forgiveness out there because our enemy does not want us to do anything that would even resemble forgiving someone who wounded us. And he'd like us to think we've forgiven even when we have it. So he tries to trick us, dupe us, uh, pull the wool over our eyes, so to speak. And so last week, we talked about a couple of those. We mentioned the fact that forgiveness is not forgetting. And we talked about the fact that forgiveness is not a quick fix. And interestingly, Frank, you used the analogy of a marriage, which I thought was very apropos, that at a point in time, I said yes at the altar. But for 45 years, I've been learning what it means to be married. And Mm -hmm. so I want to pick up a few more today, my friend. And this is lie number three. Forgiveness is not a feeling. And of course, the lie that the enemy tries to spin to us is that, well, I got to feel like forgiving first before I can do anything. Mm. But that's not true, is it, my friend? We've talked about this before. It's an act of the will independent of any emotion, isn't it? Oh, boy, John, that's exactly right. And it's a command. We spent a couple of weeks looking at Ephesians 4, where it's in the imperative mood. We are commanded to forgive. And so can you imagine saying to the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't feel like forgiving yet, so I'm going to wait to forgive until I feel like it. At that point, Jesus' words kick in, then why do you call me Lord if you're not going (laughs) to do what I say? But there's a little more involved in that, though, John. I think there's a sense in a lot of people 
that they feel like their forgiveness isn't going to count if they don't feel like forgiven. And so I think it's very important for us to point out to our listeners, Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. We know in the Gospels, he was crying out, is there any other way to do this? And the father says, nope. And he says, very well, then I'll go to the cross. Not my will, but yours be done. Which tells us Jesus still had a will. And his will was, this doesn't sound good to me at all. This doesn't feel good, but I'm going to exercise my will and do your will, Father. So, John, here's the amazing truth. Did what Jesus do count? Uh, there's probably a better way to word that. Even though he didn't feel like going to the cross, he went to the cross. Does going to the cross count? Boy, it better count or we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's the same for us, John. Isn't that glorious? You know, Frank, you mentioned something and it just sort of struck me. Jesus came as God in the flesh. He was fully God. He was fully man. He was fully sinless. He was the perfect man. And yet he had a personal will that mm -hmm. differed from God the Father's will. And when I heard you say those words, that sort of struck me that, hey, it's okay if we don't feel like forgiving. It's okay. And it's not sin if we don't mm -hmm. feel like forgiving. But the thing is, as you pointed out, feelings aren't anywhere in Ephesians 4.32, the command to forgive. There's no mention of feelings or emotions in there anyway. In fact, when I look at it as almost a general giving orders to the soldier, can you imagine the soldier saying, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> I don't feel like fulfilling that order right now. They throw you in the brig. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to not feel like forgiving others. Feelings aren't required. Actions mm -hmm. are required. Feelings will follow eventually, mm -hmm. like the caboose on a train. You know, we've used that analogy many times over the years. But setting our minds on doing what's right and good and what Father instructs us to do, that's like the engine that pulls the train. We set our mm -hmm. mind eventually the caboose of our emotions will follow. Although, boy, it can be a bumpy few miles on the track oh, yeah. until the yeah. emotions begin to line up. Oh, yeah. John, and especially when it's deep wounds. So if we're walking down the hallway and you bump into me, hey, please forgive me, no problem. But you were careless backing out of the parking lot and ran over my child. Please forgive me. Deep wounds carry a lot of emotion. And it's such a beautiful thing for us that God says to us through the example of Jesus, we don't have to feel like forgiving. We just do it because it's the best thing for us and it counts. We don't have to run around going, but I don't feel like I've forgiven. That doesn't matter. Did you do it. Did you make the choice and verbalize? Yes, you did. Then it's done. Now what you do is you walk in it. And John, here's where in my own life, I coined a motto because I would get triggered and those memories would come. 
and they would hurt so bad. And I would sit there and go, I need to forgive them again. No, I don't have to forgive them again. I did it once. What I do is say, I know how I feel, but what is the truth? And the truth is I forgave. Whether I feel like it or not, I forgave and it counted. And that's where I set my mind. And that's then how I walk until that caboose gets pulled along by the train. And I feel the freedom of the forgiveness I might have granted 10 years earlier. And that's that's a beautiful, beautiful gift for us. It we don't is. have to walk around forgiving and forgiving and forgiving the same thing over and over until the feelings catch up. No, you do it one time. It's done. And you know, if you wait to forgive until you're ready, Frank, until you feel like it, chances are you'll probably never feel like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, that's a great observation. <laughs> you know, you you know, and how many people do we know, Frank? Mm -hmm. who have been wounded in the past and have carried grudges for years, decades, a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And they get to the end of their life and, boy, you say the wrong thing or do the wrong action, and they just explode with 50 years of pent-up poison. Mm -hmm. just because. So it gets worse. The quicker we forgive, I'm convinced of this, the quicker we forgive, the easier it is on everyone, because the longer we wait, the bigger the infection becomes. Oh, John, I've got people that have been in my office, and I've challenged them to forgive for their own well-being, and they won't. And they'll tell me, I'll forgive when I feel like it. And then out they go. And some of them have never come back. And I've watched those who stayed. And they remained bitter and angry and and wounded. And I would look at them and they'd say, shake their head at me. Nope, not going to do it. And what a tragedy, John. That's a lie of the enemy. And that lie has produced more than its fair share of bondage. Oh, that's right. You know, it's really a tragedy to see people choose death, mm. which is what they're doing. You know, mm. they, they're justifying it in their own minds saying this is the right thing, but they're choosing death instead of life. Yeah. Wow, it's a painful thing to see. All right, my friend, here's another one. Forgiveness is not waiting for your offender to repent. Now, this one's tricky mm -hmm. because if you go to Luke 17, Jesus says, hey, if he repents, forgive him. And so people add thoughts to that and say, well, if he doesn't repent, you shouldn't forgive him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, unpack that for us. Is, is Jesus leading us down a, a dead-end trail? Or what's going on here, my friend? Well, as always, John, we talk about the whole counsel of God. And there are so many other passages where we forgive, and there is no mention of whether they repent or not. Probably the mountaintop for me would be 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If we have to wait for somebody to repent, let's just think about this logically. What if they never repent? That means we are walking in unforgiveness for the rest of our lives and giving that person a power over us that they should never have. And when somebody does that, John, and says, we don't have to forgive until they repent. It's not the model God gave. 
God forgave reconciling the whole world to himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But then he says, now reconcile yourself to God. That's independent of forgiveness. That's something called restoration. And I think that's what these dear people are doing, John. They're confusing repentance with restoration. We are to forgive immediately. Now, whether we restore them or not, that's something that comes down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, Frank, you made a point that uh, drew my mind back to a conversation we had just a couple of episodes ago. You said, uh, if what if they never repent? Well, then you're locked into a, the bondage of unforgiveness forever. Mm. And then I thought, wow, if if I never forgive them, then not only are they locking me in bondage, but I'm giving them the freedom to wound me a hundred times a day, every day for the rest of my life as I keep replaying that wound over and over again. You know, we mentioned this before. Forgiveness is really a personal matter between us and God because it's the way Father has designed for us to receive healing from the wound. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we should thought. be replaying in our mind over and over again, I forgave, I forgave, I forgave, <laughs> yeah. because that's the truth. It's like we talked about last time, John, what comes after the but that's right. is where we're really living. I forgave, but they haven't repented. Um, you're going to be in bondage. Better to say they haven't repented yet. I'm looking forward to restoration maybe someday, but I have forgiven and I am free. That's Boy, right. what a great model the Lord Jesus gave us. Because, John, we can be free whether they ever repent or not. Isn't that glorious? Yes, indeed. I'm sitting here flipping through my mental Rolodex. Oh, I just realized. Boy, does that date me. <laughs> a Rolodex. Flipping through my metal Rolodex, my archive, my digital archive of memories. <laughs> That's probably mm. better. If I had held on to a third, a fifth, a tenth of the offenses that, that I forgave years ago, we wouldn't be doing this, my friend. I'd be too no. sour and bitter and just venomous to really be able to do anything together with our resolute hope. Wow. So it truly is for our personal healing. Well, here's another one, my friend. And this is why I think we are so reluctant to do it. Uh, forgiving others is not easy and it's certainly not free it's very hard and it's very costly because the one who forgives the offense bears all the cost this is exactly what mm. happened with god when he forgave us he bore the cost frank if you look at god the son i can't even imagine what he endured in gethsemane and on the cross and or what he experienced when he descended down during death. And then I can't imagine what it's like for Father God to watch his son die. For people, Frank, who hated him. Talk about pain and suffering and a cost they willingly chose to bear because of love. It just staggers my brain to think about the payment, the cost that our father bore in sending his son and the cost that Jesus bore for dying on the cross for us. It's just staggering. 
You know, John, it's really fascinating. I just had the thought how this lie is so closely connected to the last one. It wasn't easy for God to forgive us. He had to bear great cost. If we withhold our forgiveness until people repent, John, there's no cost in that. That's easy. That's removing the cost of forgiveness, which is keeping us from a forgiveness that God himself modeled to us in his son. Does that make sense? Yes. Am I making indeed, sense there? Indeed it does. Yeah. So we do bear the cost of forgiveness. Uh, that person may never repent. And even if they do repent, we still bear a cost. Oh, yeah. It hurts to forgive. It's not easy. Years ago, John, I used this illustration, and I think it works. For our 25th year anniversary, I wanted to give Janet a great big rock. Uh, it's called a diamond, I guess, but it's a rock to most males. But I didn't have the money, uh, so I actually bought it on a credit card, and then I paid on it over time. Well, it was an event, and I gave it to her. It was finished, but I bore the cost for a while of being able to grant her that diamond. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and that's the way it is with forgiveness. We grant it. Uh, it's a moment in time, but then we we pay for it over time. That's, I think, called fellowshipping in the sufferings of the Lord Jesus. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, yeah. I think you're right. I, my mind jumps to Romans 5, Frank, where Paul says, you know, we glory in our sufferings. Because I'm trying to remember this, because our suffering produces perseverance, which produces character and which produces hope. And so this is almost like a cascade. Yes, you're wounded. Yes, we bear the emotional cost for a time, maybe our entire lives. And we suffer because of it. But you know, that suffering isn't without fruit in our lives. Paul mm -hmm. says we glory in sufferings because we know that it produces perseverance and mm -hmm. character. And, and it gives us hope to mm -hmm. know that there's a future. And so it draws us to Jesus because, Jesus, this hurts so much. I need the balm of Gilead mm -hmm. to really ease this. You know, and then God just sort of pours his love out through the Holy Spirit and says, yeah, I understand exactly how you feel. Here's the balm of my love to cover that wound. And by the way, dear son, dear daughter, you're a whole lot more reflective of the character of your Savior now than you were beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it's bearing fruit in your lives. You know, that's a that's a high price to pay, Frank, but uh, mm -hmm. we would not be where we are as believers without the suffering that Father has given us mm -hmm. as a dark paper-wrapped gift in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, John, I don't think it's too big of a stretch, I really don't, to bring in Philippians 2 here, which basically 1 through 4 says if there's any consolation of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, which, you know, my free translation would be, if you understand Christianity at all, then verse 5, have the same mindset that Jesus had, who laid down his life that others might live. And so forgiving people even when they don't repent, is having that same mind that Jesus had. 
at that point, we are taking up our cross daily. We're living in the cross. We are never more like Jesus than when we forgive others. And that's especially true when we forgive those who don't repent. Jesus died for an unbelieving, unrepentant world of man. Wow. So when we forgive when people don't deserve it, we are never more like Jesus. In fact, I wouldn't say we're never more like Jesus. We're never more experiencing and expressing who he is, who lives inside of us. That's probably a better way to say it. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that is a better way. And as I'm, I'm listening to you, my friend, it seems to me that the path to freedom, the path to forgiving others is a path of suffering. It's what Paul says in Romans 5. And I mean, who glories in their sufferings, Frank? You glory in your sufferings only when you know that your sufferings are not the end. They're the means to an end. Mm -hmm. And that end is hope. And hope, if I remember correctly, that verse, hope doesn't ever put us to shame. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's fruit at the end of the tunnel for us. Should we just choose mm -hmm. to glory in our sufferings, grit our teeth, as we've said before, say, thank you, sir. I don't like this. I don't understand it, but I'm going to walk in obedience and choose to forgive. And I'm going to trust you with the result, mm -hmm. because I know that you are the master surgeon mm -hmm. and you know how deeply I've been wounded, how much has been damaged inside of me. And I know that as long as I obediently follow the doctor's orders, I will heal completely. And Frank, mm -hmm. that's what we spent the first eight episodes talking about mm -hmm. is what exactly are our instructions from our master surgeon, our father, who wants to mm -hmm. bring us healing. Wow. You know, but I'll tell you, the path of suffering is not, <laughs> is mm -hmm. not fun to walk, my friend. It certainly isn't. Mm -hmm. No, John, and I, I know we're near to wrapping up, but listening to you, I did have a verse pop in my mind. And again, I don't think this is too far a stretch. You know, we always want to interpret verses within their context. But there's a lot of application within the correct interpretation. The verse that popped in my mind was, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus went to the cross because the cross was the means of forgiveness. Forgiveness was the means to expressions of love and the love would bring about a repentance and repentance would ultimately bring about a restoration. And so John, when we take up the cross and we extend forgiveness, there is a joy in the hope that there will be a restoration someday. And that's really, I think what forgiveness is all about setting us free so we can love and hopefully our love will bring about a repentance and ultimately bring about a restoration even with those who've wounded us horribly yes that is miraculous Indeed and is, that is christianity <laughs> and that's a great wrap-up i won't even ask you to make another one that one will do just fine 
So friends, thanks for joining us on the podcast today for Our Resolute Hope. We invite you, if you've liked what you've heard, go check out our website, please. You'll find us at OurResoluteHope.com. Lots of resources there that are along the same line to help you as you walk through the trenches of life and to point out to you the incredible truth of Jesus Christ, not only as your Lord and your Savior, but your very life. Follow us on our social media platforms. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram. We've got our own YouTube channel. And of course, uh, continue listening to us on wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. And as always, Frank and I, we've said this so many times, Frank, it sounds almost like we should be tired of saying it. But my friend, I never get tired of saying it, that we have a hope for the trenches of life. And that hope is in Hebrews chapter 6. It's an anchor for our souls, the writer says. Peter calls it a living hope. Paul told Titus, it's a blessed hope. We call it a resolute hope. So today and always, choose that hope and choose Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, he offers you himself, his own life. He wants to live his life with you, in you, and through you as you trust Him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.